Wednesday, y'all. Welcome to the Melanated Way. I'm Linda Entwee. Oh, the Single Life. So I know it aired on Friday. Friday's like a weird day to have a show. So I'm trying to still figure out like when this when we're gonna always do the after show. It might be this on Wednesdays always. We'll see how it goes. Um, but we're covering season two, episode one of the single life, single and ready to mingle. Uh, but before we get started, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, support the show, bottom of the show of your screen, you can see where you can support the show, wherever you're watching. If you can hit that thumbs up, that'd be great. Uh, shout out to my Patreon subscribers. Uh, the Nia's in the house. Hey, Faith. Hey, um, Geek Girl. Megan, all of you guys, I appreciate you guys. Without you, really, these shows wouldn't happen. And I'm excited for all the things that are coming ahead on Friday. So let's look out for that. News and gossip is crazy this week, you guys. So it will be a show. Now, I, I want to know what you guys think of the Single Life season two so far. I know it's only been one episode, but I don't know. I'm on the fence. I want to have your opinion. Uh, oh, hey girl. Hey, hey, Crystal. Crystal, I appreciate you being here. So what do you guys think of the single life and the singles that they have uh, this season? They started off with Ed, 56, with his signature look, he said, you know, the long, greasy mayo hair. Um, but he's doing a do-over, apparently. He's getting a haircut. And the thing that, the thing with Ed, you guys, so now he's saying he's going to be Ed 2.0. They were braiding his hair so that she could cut the braids. And she cuts the first braid. She hands it to him and he smells it. And he's like, oh, it still smells like mayo. And I was like very disgusted, to be honest. Who does that? So he's, you know, having some hairdresser therapy broke up with Liz. And at this point it was six weeks ago and we already know how that ends. So what I think you guys don't know is that Liz is actually going to be on the single life. So he's just building up to her being on the single life. So she's going to be on this season of the single life. So yeah, he went on a date and yeah, he's saying he's age appropriate, but he's going to end up with Liz. And that's a little bit of a spoiler, but I think most of us know that because we all know that they're engaged. So he's sitting in his hairdresser's seat, telling her how they broke up six weeks ago and on cue because he is a bit of a manipulator. And for those of you guys who don't know, I've interviewed Ed quite a few times and he can cry on the drop of a dime. And I know that you guys have seen it on the show. You've seen it on the tell-all. He can drop he can cry at the drop of a hat. Like he could just, he just make, he should be an actor really because he can just make himself cry for any reason. And it's always him being the victim. And it's amazing to me. So he starts crying on cue and it's like, she's not the right one. And it was the hardest thing that I had to do in my life. And I can't believe it. So this haircut is a fresh start and I'm done with the old Ed and the new ad is 2.0. It's going to be better than ever. Oh, God. Okay. And then he talks about his, the loves of his life, right? So there was Rose, he says, which uh, nine months later, he met Liz. And then there was Liz. But let's even talk about, can you even call that a relationship? You guys know how I feel about online relationships. They had an online relationship 
He went over there for like 10 days. And then she broke up with him. That's your ex. And then there's Liz. And we even know how they got together. So they broke up on the tell-all. She moved in with her ex-husband, number two. Had a fight like six months down and was living with her ex-boyfriend, or excuse me, ex-husband. Had a fight on the Friday and by Monday she was engaged to Big Ed. So he continues to like cry about Liz and saying that they both had too much baggage and that's why it didn't uh, work out. They broke up eight times, he says. And it's interesting throughout this episode, he mentions how they broke up eight times and how he's the one that broke up with her eight times. Let me tell you a little something. I don't understand Liz. Like what you're not about to do is break up with me eight times. That's seven too many times. If we've broken up and we're done bye. Maybe there's that like, oh, hey, we're going to get back together. But if this fool's like using it as a power move, which he is, because he's a manipulator and a narcissist, it gives him joy to say, I'm the one that broke up with her eight times. It brings him joy. It's very, very bizarre. But in that same breath, he's talking about how amazing he is and how amazing he's doing. He's lost 25 pounds. He feels the best that he's ever felt. Oh, and he's in therapy. Are you big Ed? I've talked about this on my show before. You can be in therapy, but you have to actually deal with your issues. It's one thing to be like, oh, hey, I'm in therapy. But if you don't actually deal with what your real issues are, then then what's the point? So then um, he gets on his moped, goes home. Shows his mom his new hair. And here's the thing that also was really just to me. The, all the hair that he cut from his head, he had in a bag. And he took all the hair and put it on the kitchen table. Isn't that the table where you eat? Like, what's the point of that? Someone explained it to me because I just think it's bizarre. I do. Uh, so, yeah. He wants to be in love. And he's ready to start dating, he said. So, um dating hasn't been easy for him and he realizes that and he's trying to be better at it so he made a list of things that he's looking for and it's 10 things that he's looking list he's looking for in his next relationship first thing he wants them to be committed he wants them to be trustworthy respectful attractive the person has to not want to have kids have to have communication skills a sense of humor a tiger in the bedroom. Uh, he doesn't want them to friend zone him and they have to love him. That's an interesting list, right? Because if we're talking about communication, we're talking about respect, we're talking about trustworthy and committed. I hope that those are things that he thinks that he should be doing as well, right? Because I don't think he's the best communicator. Um, we've all heard that abusive tape that leaked where it was the message that he sent to Liz. So I don't know if he's respectful. I don't know. There are things on his list that, again, I think that he's looking for it, but are you also providing those things? I don't know. So fast forward, he's working out with his daughter. He's in Vegas. Um, he starts crying again, talking about Liz. And they ask, you know, do you think your dad's over her? And she's like, should I hope so? I hope so. But I don't know if he really is. 
see Cruz facts. Hey, FRA. Hey, girl. Hey, it's strange. He's his age. Um, and he has no idea that he's the problem. Hey, Esperé. Hey, girl. Hey. So he starts crying again. He's working out. And then he tells his, his daughter that he's no longer going to be dating 20 something girls. He is starting to date women between the ages of 38 and 44. That's going to be ideal for him, which I don't believe for one minute. I don't believe him, you guys. I don't believe him. I don't believe him at all. So <clears throat> he says, I have a date. Her name is Mia. She's like 42. But then later in the episode, they say that she's 43. So whatever. She's 42 or 43. Um, his daughter is excited and hopefully optimistic that, you know, it's more age appropriate to his age. But we'll see. So we get back to his hotel room and then it just goes down here. Look, I'm just, I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but like, why do I need to see him naked? Like, why? Why? Between him getting out of the shower and his, his towel almost slipping, it was like a, too much for me. And then he's doing his nose hairs and he was shoving that nose trimmer all the way in like, eh, eh. and I was just like, this is all just not attractive to me. It's just not attractive at all and i'm not talking just like physically like just all of it all of it is just i don't know i don't know if i'm the only one that felt that way you guys let me know so he's getting ready for his date but again he's commiserating about how much he misses liz blah 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 and then we see him in his boxers for far too long and then he's like saying how great he is and how great he feels and getting ready for his date. He's going to wear a button down shirt and he's taking his date. Um, swing dancing. Oh, so he goes on to explain that he's only dated three women in his life. So one, the woman that he married that he had his daughter Tiffany with the second person is Rose. And then the third person is Liz. Interesting that the two are from TV. Don't you guys think that's interesting? He's 56 and he's only dated three people. But he said that he put on his, he put his dating life on hold for 27 years because he was raising his daughter and he really wanted it to be just about his daughter and his attention not to be distracted from that. So I don't know. I don't know, you guys. I don't know. Harry Delahaye. So then he's driving over to pick up Mia. And then here's another thing that I just thought was like, you just never know what people are doing behind closed doors. He's driving there. He sneezes. He's driving and he sneezes. He doesn't like cover his, his mouth. He doesn't like do the elbow thing, nothing. He just sneezes and it's like all over the place. And then he just keeps driving. Like he didn't like, no, oh, excuse me, nothing. Just like just the germs everywhere. And then you're about to pick up this girl and, you ugh, just why it's just gross i just find him i don't know i find something just off with this whole situation so he picks up uh mia she looks amazing they're going swing dancing he says that he's a good dancer and that's why he wants to go and also he'll be able to be touchy touchy with her and see how he moves with her oh gross um and then he gets there and he makes it the class all about him he 
acts like he's the best dancer. And then even though he's getting the moves wrong, he's supposed to turn left when he would turn right. He's supposed to do a, a twirl when he didn't, but he's the best dancer. And then he asks for like better music. Can we get some up-tempo music? And me even says, oh, you know, Ed seems to have a lot of energy and he likes to show off a bit, but she kind of likes it, which I think is interesting. Um, yeah, exactly. He's not including his predatory relationships. Facts. So then he's like, oh, you know, let's go for drinks after swing dancing. They had a good time. Now they're going to go for drinks. And guess what? Can anyone guess? You all saw the episode. And if you didn't see the episode, what do you think happened when they sat down to have drinks? Super awkward silence. Yes. Ed just sitting there talking about how he needs a booster seat. Yes. Oh, did he start crying? Yes. Why? Because he started talking about, about Liz again and how he broke up with Liz six months ago and he broke up with her eight times. Like he didn't say that like a hundred times already in his little segment. And he just makes everything about him. And he makes himself the victim all the time. And I can't stand it. Like, are, is this going to be a whole season of you crying until you start dating Liz again? Because I'm not interested in that, to be honest. And so I found this whole his whole segment hard to watch. Then he's like, to Mia, on a first date, can you imagine that um, this was, it was the hardest thing that I had to do. It was so hard to let her go, but we had to. And then he starts crying for the, like, the 10th time. I would have been like, check, please, because this right here is A, unhealthy, and B, you're trying to make yourself a victim so that what, Mia will feel sorry for you, that you broke up with your girlfriend eight times, Because and to make sure that we all know that you're the one that broke up with eight times, stop playing, like, bye, Ed. Exactly, clueless, clueless, but as we know, so here's how I see this play out. Uh, we're only on episode one, so we're going to see Ed go on a few more dates. But by mid-season, Liz is going to be back and we're going to see them dating and we're going to see them get engaged. So that's how this season's going to play out for them. And that's the only reason why uh, TLC Discovery Plus is okay with all of the leaks with their engagement ring. And recently they went on a mini vacay to celebrate their engagement, all that stuff, because that's going to play out. So you're going to see Liz on this season. You're going to see the engagement on this season. And that's what their storyline is going to look like. Moving on to Natalie. Natalie's wild, you guys. Like, I, I think Natalie is just wild. She's, like, wired different than most. And it's very interesting to watch. So Natalie, 37, she moved to Florida. We knew that long ago. Um, and she says she's newly single. It's the July 4th weekend, so she got invited to a beach party. She's celebrating not only Independence Day, but she's also celebrating her independence. And um, they're playing this game. I like to play the game, and I think it's called Cornhole, but I'm not sure, you guys. I'm Canadian. I don't know the name of it, but whatever. It's a fun game. Uh, but I've never seen anyone play it overhand. It's always like the underhand throw to get the little corn bag bean bag into the the hole um but she just tossed it overhead and i was like see this is what i'm talking about she's just so different she's just so different anyway she's playing that she's meeting a few people here and there 
where her story picks up. It's six months since she left Mike. And the way she talked about the Pacific Northwest and me being from the Pacific Northwest, it was just really like, we saw where you lived, Natalie, in Russia. And don't act like you're this big city life girl, okay? So, Sequim, she's like, it's scary, it's dark, it's dirty. She doesn't know how to live in a trailer in the middle of nowhere. And her ex is brainwashed by his mom. And so she couldn't take it anymore. So she left. <laughs> really? Is that how is that how that played out? Because I have to tell you, Natalie, there were red flags that you both chose to ignore. And when your husband, because they're still married, was like, hey. I'm calling off the wedding. That could have been you're out, but you decided to stay. Now let's talk about that. Why did you decide to say, oh, because your ultimate goal was to come to America. Your ultimate goal was to, to secure that green card. So all the rest is extra to me. Natalie, uh, or excuse me, Crystal says, Natalie does look happy. She's crazy as f but still deserves to be happy listen we all deserve happiness we all deserve happiness and no matter what i'm just from my point of view even ed deserves happiness i just think ed needs to to work on his all of his issues and there are a lot of them and i think that ed has some predatory ways that are not okay and i think he's a narcissist does he still deserve happiness yeah we all deserve happiness. Natalie is crazy as fuck, but she deserves happiness too. But the way she came to America is a little sketch as far as I'm concerned. So she's talking about really crappy about the Pacific Northwest. And so she really likes the ocean. So she's going to heal by the ocean right next to the ocean. And that's why she went to um, Florida because she wanted to be right by the ocean and then we meet her friend, Julia, who apparently was her roommate in St. Petersburg. Like, when you're going to bring new people in, you guys, I'm going to need TLC to give us a little bit more of some type of background. Because didn't she have a bestie in the Pacific Northwest? Where's that girl? I know you moved, but then we've never heard of Julia. And Julia just pops in, and all of a sudden, she's your new best friend. Like, what's the backstory? You're filming all the time. Film when they when they met and how they reconnected in Florida, give us a little something. Cause to me, it just seems like you're just randomly picking people and be like, Oh, that's your friend. And Oh, that's your friend too. So anyways, um, her friend Julia is helping her, you know, reintegrate into the single life. Natalie says that she feels quote, single-ish because she's not divorced and her we we learned in this episode that her and mike have decided not to actually divorce yet and that to me only can mean that they're waiting for like the green card to go through because why would mike stay married to her she's literally on a show talking about that she's going to be dating so why would you stay married to her someone someone tell me someone um so then she talks about the type of people that she wants to start dating. She wants to make sure that they know that she likes to be in charge of their life, her life. She likes to be in charge sexually of the house. Her whole thing is she likes huge men that she can totally be under her control. That does not sound like 
a relationship where there's supposed to be two people, your unit, the two pillars in a relationship. To me, that sounds more like a dominatrix and maybe, you know, I'm not saying, I'm just saying that sounds more like a dominatrix situation to me, but maybe some, some men like that. I don't know. Any of the men that you know, like to just be controlly controlled by their women, like make no decisions. The woman makes all the decisions, period. If you guys know someone like that, let me know in the comments. Let me know um, in the live chat. Faith says, do they not think immigration is watching the show? It's a fair question. It's a fair question. The thing, Faith, is that they can literally just say, well, it's only for entertainment. We still love each other, and that's why we're still married. You know what I mean? So I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. But guaranteed that Natalie's not going anywhere. She worked too hard to stay. So she's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, so then she's talking to her friend, Julia. There was like this weird thing about her wanting Julia to teach her how to small talk because she doesn't know how to small talk. And there was some weird thing about, um, drinks and how men in America buy drinks. And like, that's a whole weird thing to her. And I'm confused because I thought she was miss queen of non-drinking so now you're, and I've seen her drink before, but now you're just like a drinker. And I just, how we first met her to who she is now, and I guess we all do evolve, but she was like, Miss, I'm Miss Religious. I just go to church and I work out and I just want to get married and have a baby. That's not this Natalie that we're seeing. So maybe I guess she's evolved her ways. I don't know. I don't know. It's very odd. Um, and then she talks about how she sees herself as a survivor. And you guys, I started laughing. I started laughing. I was like, oh, you're a survivor of what? Of three failed marriages? Because let's just talk about that, Miss Newly Single. You're newly single for the third time. Okay? Because you weren't married once and then divorced. You weren't married twice and then divorced. You're now married the third time, twice divorced, once separated, on route to being divorced. So, and you're 37. Every time you get in a relationship doesn't mean you have to jump into to marrying the person. And so I, again, think that Natalie's one of those people that could probably work on herself a little bit and find out what's going on with her. Because that new show, Addicted to Mary marrying she could literally be on that show because she's only 37 just like liz like liz is going to be on her third marriage and she's like 27 i don't know i don't know i maybe i just see things totally different i don't know so they go to this tiki bar some random dude comes and he was super random i'm convinced that tlc paid him to come over there tell them that they're beautiful and say hey you know are you my next ex wife <laughs> and then you know how i i served my last ex-wife on her back dun, dun, dun. like all the stuff was just i was just like cringing i was cringing down to like size of his penis the whole thing it was just it was cringeworthy i wanted to take that whole two minutes back <laughs> and i said two minutes for a reason because literally Okay, then 
Natalie's talking about how American men are so direct and Russian men aren't like that and she's not used to it. Um, and so she's just really trying to find her way in this new single life. And I'm like, don't act like you haven't been single before, Natalie. You've been here, done that a gazillion times. And you land a man and then you get married and then you get married again and then you get married again. So let's not go there. And then she ended it with her typical snooty behavior when she said that the men that she's seeing so far in America are not up to her standards. Okay, Natalie. Then there was Jesse. So Jesse 28, the interesting thing I found about Jesse so far was that he moved from Amsterdam. So he's living in Russia now. Um, and he was another one that was like, are we just going to see him naked this whole entire season? Because he was naked for most of his segment. Uh, he was doing some naked leaf massage. And, oh, I was going to give you guys a fun fact. Fun fact is that I posted about that last year. And because he was naked, but, like, we put, like, the emojis over the, the um, peach emojis over it. Someone reported our page and it got taken down and got this big Instagram warning. So all you haters out there, I'm just trying to give you the tea ahead of time. Y'all don't have to hate on us. We just get the tea, we report the tea. If you have sensitive eyes, then look away. So he's uh, having this naked leaf massage, um, explaining that now he's an entrepreneur uh, who is working in marketing, uh, in travel specifically and that explains so much doesn't it explain so much you guys so all this travel all of the telenovelas that i love to watch that he posts is all for his marketing uh travel agency where they're marketing like adventures and travel and so he's really getting paid so it's not out of pocket he's literally getting paid to travel the world and to travel the world in luxury that sounds like an ideal job so go ahead jesse um yeah, you guys, hit that like button. Thanks, Faith, for reminding me. Um, so he's looking for someone who's adventurous, someone who's open-minded, who loves to see the world, and to, who loves to enjoy the finer things in life. And then he says, typical Jesse, that he is the complete package. <laughs> so he's looking for someone that's who's conducive to the luxury travel space. Um, and he's really taking time away from dating because he's focused on building his business in Russia. And he realizes that everything happens for a reason and lessons for us to be better. And then, of course, you can't go 10 minutes of Jesse without mentioning his ex, Darcy, so that he talks about how five years ago... Um, he was a different person and she was a different person and, you know, they met online. And then when she came to visit him, he couldn't believe that the person that he was talking to was the same person that he saw in real life. And it was not what he was expected, but he tried to make it work. And then they showed the engagement scene where he said, this is not an engagement ring, even though he was down on one knee, which was totally like, that's so messed up. You guys, it's so messed up. Um, and then, so they showed that. And then they showed the New York fight scene where Darcy was like, you don't love me. You're a liar. I hate you. Get out of my life. That part. Yeah. And then, of course, 
He had to put in his infamous, it was all an illusion. So he's looking for something new. But we find out a little bit later that new is not so new. It's kind of familiar. So he's naked again. Um, and he's doing the Banya Russian spa experience. A couple of his friends are with him. They're chit-chatting. And he explains to them that he's off to Colombia because um, he's meeting someone he's been trying to meet for over a year now. And uh, we find out that someone is Jennifer from Colombia, who is Tim's ex, which you guys, I totally want to talk about that situation, but I just don't want to get sidetracked. But I really, that season was so interesting to me and i have so many questions about the tim jennifer situation like i just i needed more information about those two because i have a lot of theories about it and i'm just like i want to know if my theories are right anywho they've been talking for a year online he's finally going to meet her in real life so he's packing and he's so extra you guys did you guys see the um, iridescent Louis Vuitton bag as he's packing in his black Versace robe. So you've already said to us that you're in, you're in the luxury travel space. I see your LV bag. I see your Versace robe. But then, you guys, this is what killed me. And it's so funny to me. You're so IN. You're so luxury. You're so label. And then you called your ride share and your ride share was a Hyundai. <laughs> And I don't know the saying, and I wish wish I knew it better, but it was like, you have like champagne and caviar taste on like a beer and nuts budget. I laughed and laughed and laughed because I just thought it was funny. Like if you're going to go all out, go all out. If you're staying at this, you know, high-end luxury place and you're telling us that you're you're the total package you're from amsterdam and you're showing all these labels and how you have this beautiful lifestyle and then you grab your lv suitcase you go downstairs you call the just the regular ride chair and you jumped into the hyundai like stop playing with me so he's on his way <laughs> he's on his way to columbia and he's hoping that there's going to be chemistry uh, in real life, because online they've had like some massive chemistry. Um, Faith says, I liked him. So what do you think? So Faith, while you say that, let me know in the live chat what it is that you like about Tim and why you think that him and Jennifer did not like, that wasn't even dating what they did. He went and visited. It was like going on a, an exchange, like a student exchange without being a student. Like he went over spent two weeks in Colombia and hung out with his host. That's it. There was no anything going on. He didn't want anything to go on. And I'm curious to know why he didn't want anything to go on. Anyways, that brings us to Jennifer, 27, Colombia. Uh, she's a model. And she says that she likes to live her, she's living her life truly and openly and she likes to taste every moment she's a free spirit and then she starts talking about tim which i personally thought was a little bit funny super shady you guys she brought all the shade um she said it was a complete disaster there's something off about him they never had sex they never kissed he repels me 
she says. Um, but she thinks that Jesse is sophisticated. He has a rich mind um, and that they both had weird experiences dating an American. So they have that in common as well. Facts. She was a tour guide. And then Christina says, I think her narcissism turned him off. You've, I don't think it's that. I mean, Christina, she could possibly be a narcissist. I don't know. But uh, I don't know. I just think there's more to Tim's story, you guys. There's just, there's just a lot more to Tim's story. Uh, yeah, there's, I, there's just a lot more. Uh, Faye says, I believe Tim knew who she was. It was about the money for her. Okay. And, and we could we could say it was that. Let's say it was about the money. But I don't know. Okay, I'll say this. I don't know one dude that is going to spend all his time, spend all his money, bring all these gifts, uh, be in front of a beautiful woman, whether she was in it for the money or not, and not, and not at least hit it and quit it. Like, I just don't know one dude that's going to do all that. I just don't. And you might say that he's the ultimate gentleman, all the things. I just I just think there's more to that story. That's all. I just think there's more to that story. So um, Jennifer thinks that he's sophisticated, has a rich mind. She wrote him way back in September 2018. She slid into his DMs. He didn't respond. And then a year later, he responds. And they started talking. So they started talking in 2019. And they started talking for like a whole year, just online. And then she finally brings up that she's also a single mom of uh, Violetta, who's three years old, which, you know, has been the question for everyone. Because as we've seen on social media, her and Jesse have been traveling the world. And everyone's like, well, isn't she a mom? Doesn't she have a kid? Where's her kid? And all the things. And uh, yeah, she's a single mom. I believe that she has, that's not, that's not the right word left, but I believe that her daughter is staying with her parents while she pursues her modeling and travel lifestyle. Interesting, Crystal. Um, so that's going to answer that question. I think uh, Violetta, her daughter, is with her parents. Jennifer is a very sexual person. She's sex is fundamental in a relationship and she wants a strong man. And I think it's important to, like I tell you guys, there are the four things that you guys have to talk about before you enter a serious relationship to make sure that you guys are on the same page. And sex is one of those things. And sex is very important in a relationship. It's more important to some. And that's why it's imperative to have that conversation with someone that you say, you want to be in a long-term relationship with. So I think it's it's great that she is so self-aware of the things that are important to her moving forward in a relationship. Now, here's the thing. She has a boyfriend, uh, Kaka, who's 26, who she's known all the way for like 10 years since high school, uh, but they're not exclusive yet. And so my question that was not answered was, well, how long have you been dating him? Have you only been dating him this year that you've been talking to Jesse or have you been dating him on and off for the past 10 years? Get the, you're not exclusive yet. So did you just start dating him? And then you're also now dating Jesse. Like, what does that look like? I'm going to need some type of background because when you said that you met in high school and you're not excluded, exclusive, you're not dating, you don't put labels on it. So have you guys been 
no label for the last 10 years because that's a freaking long time and he probably definitely thinks that you're in a relationship um so she feels like she's more interested in jesse now and she feels bad about this caca guy and so she's gonna tell him like hey by the way in a couple of days i met this dude last year online i've been talking to him he's coming to visit me and Kaka says, well, you know, I'm going to fight for you because you're the, she was the best sexual partner he's ever had. She's known her for 10 years and he feels like she's just in love with the keyboard and it's going to be the same situation it was with the other foreigner um, that came, meaning Tim. And she says some other bad stuff about Tim. She's like, quote, that guy was a girl. Um, and then Kaka does this weird Latins versus Euro comparison. And he's basically like, you know, a Euro is not going to fulfill you like a Latin man can. And it's all just an illusion. Again, he used the word illusion, just like Jesse. Um, so he wants to fight for her. He feels like she's just going off on some side tangent and she thinks that she's in love with this dude, but he's not going to be what she thinks, which. Oh, you guys are really like on this Tim thing. Faith says Tim wanted to teach his daughter. Tim wanted to teach his daughter how a man should treat a woman. Uh, Faith. Uh, I don't know if it was that. I, I hear you. I hear you when you're saying like Tim was being a gentleman with her. But I will say that, how can I say this? I will say this. I think that if that was the case, Faith, that he wanted to uh, teach Veronica's daughter, who he's like a father figure to, how to be a gentleman. Gentlemen also show... passion and they show with action and they show with words and we didn't see any of that in a season we didn't see hand holding we didn't even see a kiss she went over to kiss him and he froze and so you know a gentleman is a gentleman is a gentleman but I, again, Faith, I don't think it was that. I don't think he was just trying strictly purely to be a gentleman. I think that there was something else going on there yeah. And C. Cruz says, yeah. And I don't like the way Tim talks to Veronica on the, on pillow talk, which is true. If you ever watch that show, he sometimes is not, is like, he talks to her like they're girlfriends. Anyways, we're getting sidetracked. We're getting side. I know we want to all, cause we have questions and I get it. We have questions about Tim. I'll, I'll do, I still can't even see him and Veronica being romantic with each other at all. Crystal says, you know, there are questions. There are definitely some questions. Um, so Kaka's going to fight for Jennifer, but in the meantime, uh, it's next day. Jeff, Jesse's arriving. She feels super nervous. She wants to make sure that that chemistry that she feels online is real, which is like weird to me because you guys like, you guys know how I feel about online dating. I think that it's absolutely important to meet in real life and spend time in real life to actually see if there is chemistry. Cause like, 
I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's me, but I can't see myself just having an online relationship with someone for a year and actually say that that was my relationship. Like there would be no way that if I was talking to Mark for a year, and even if we video chat, we sent pictures and, you know, we sweet talk on the phone, I couldn't then say to my best friend, oh, my boyfriend Mark called yesterday. Like, no, because that's not your boyfriend. You never even spent five minutes in real life with him. I don't know if I could spend a whole year just like chatting and not actually seeing the person and spending time with the person. You know what I mean? Quasi-boyfriend, exactly. I just I think it's interesting, but you know, I am definitely no expert. Then my favorite, Debbie. I she I'm the most excited about Debbie dating. I really am. I'm the most excited about Debbie 69 living her second act and I am here for it. So her scene, she's getting a butterfly tattoo right there on her chest. Um she doesn't want to be a typical old lady. She wants to start living her life and start doing things and not just sitting at home reading and letting the rest of her long life uh, pass by her. She talks about how she dedicated her whole life to her son, Colt, which are facts. Um, how she, Well, she didn't say this, but I'm telling you guys that she homeschooled Colt his whole life. That's a fact. Um, she now lives with Colt and Vanessa in the same house that Colt and Larissa lived in with her. Um, she was married for 27 years to Harley. They met at a bar. They were best friends, lovers, confidants, confidants. And he died 13 years ago from a massive heart attack. And she decided that she was just going to be a widow and a mom and dedicate her entire life to being a mom. And then the producers are like, hey, you know, what kind of mom are you? She said she's the helicopter mom. So facts and she realizes that she's a helicopter mom so i gave her credit for that um and she explains how you know colt has a problem or a habit going down the wrong road and talks about how you know he's married to listen you know the interesting thing you guys is i didn't realize that colt and larissa were only married for six months all of that drama didn't it feel like like at least two years but they were only married for six months and i've covered this show from the the jump and I just didn't realize it was such a short amount of time. Six months? Six months? We've been in a pandemic for two years. So put that in perspective. They were married for six months only. Blew my mind. I just didn't the time frame was like crazy to me. Um and then he started dating Jess and you know he cheated on Jess so that ended. Um and so now he's with Vanessa. But here's another interesting point that I thought Debbie, I was like, okay, so Debbie has been doing some thinking and really trying to be different because she literally said that she feels like Colt and her broke up, which, you know, in the 90 day fandom, that's been the joke that, you know, it's like those two are dating. They're in such a relationship. And she finally came on and said, like, she felt like they broke up um, and she just has to get over it and move on. But it's hard. I was like, oh, oh my God, Debbie, you finally realized that 
yeah, you, you dedicated your life to your son and you often find that with mother son relationships that the mom has always been in the number one position until the son has grown and meets someone else and then goes off. But oftentimes the moms still have a very hard time. Think of, I love a mama's boy, have a hard time letting go of their sons. And they still think that they should be in the number one position when really they're going to be number two. Like your mom's always going to be your mom, but your significant other, your wife is, is going to be your wife. So she steps up to the forefront because you two are a unit and starting your own little life and family together. So I thought it was super interesting that she was able to realize that she was treating Colt as if he was the man in her life for all of these years. And that's why it's been hard. And it is hard for her to get over it and for him to be with Vanessa and for him to side with Vanessa and make decisions with Vanessa. And she's having a hard time with that. And we see that play out a little bit later here. Um, Larissa was a force. Those are facts. So she's single. She's ready to mingle. Uh, she's building her confidence back because, you know, she's been out of the dating game for 13 plus years. Um, and she really wants to get out of that cocoon and same routine that she's been in. So she signed up for a dating app. She's looking for someone who's like outdoorsy, who loves camping and fishing and sex. Um, and so she is trying this whole dating thing, the dating app thing. So she meets up with her friends, Don and Audrey. Um, and those are like her besties. Debbie loves to go to the casino. She goes like twice a week and she usually goes with these two friends. And she tells them about her experience of being on these dating app. And I personally have to tell you guys, dating apps suck. I just, I, I feel like they suck. There's got to be a different way. I think I was just born in the wrong era. And so then I'm going to be single forever because I just think these dating apps suck. Anyhow, Debbie has been on these dating apps too. She's been catfished three times. Uh, one guy was some Vincent guy who was 29 from Nigeria. So he was a Yahoo boy who was trying to catfish her. Um, Debbie feels like most people on apps aren't who they say they are. And I feel the same way, Debbie. I feel the same way. I just, it's like, it's like a job. I wish it was easier. And so she connected with one person. She didn't name him. She just said she met this guy. Uh, they went on a date to the casino. She took him back to the house and her words, they smashed. And not only did Debbie say they smashed, because her friends were like, what does that mean? She's like, excuse my language, but she's like, yeah, we fucked on the second date. I was like, oh, Debbie, Debbie. <laughs> oh, Debbie. But, you know, it had been so long, but, you know, uh, for lack of better terms, she had to rip that Band-Aid off. But she said it was uncomfortable because it had been so long. And then she asked her friend, you know, I don't know, maybe it seals back up. And she started laughing. And she's like, she did everything. She shaved for him. She showered for him. But she felt he was a terrible lay. And one of the reasons she felt he was a terrible lay is because Debbie likes to talk, you guys. When she's having sexy time, she likes to do a lot of talking. And her date did not like a lot of talking and told her to shut up. While they were smashing, y'all. Oh, no. Oh, nope. Next. So 
Uh, she didn't like that at all. So she's like, you know, I would rather self-love than do that. And so I still want to date and she hopes she can find someone, but she really feels like this is her last opportunity. And so she's giving herself a year to find someone. And if no, not, she's going to, her words, just be alone and be with her cats. Um, which, you know, don't give up, Debbie. Don't give up. There's, they always say there's someone out there for everyone. So I'm, I'm trying to believe that as well. So I believe that for Debbie. Um, they showed a bunch of pictures. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Debbie was fire in her younger days. She's gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. She used to be a go-go dancer out here in Los Angeles. There's like an infamous place, Whiskey A Go-Go. She used to be a go-go dancer there. Uh, they showed a bunch of pictures of her in her younger days. And she was just like a hottie two by four. And it was interesting because she told she told me, <laughs> she told us that back in the 60s, similar to dating apps, they had dating catalogs. And I just thought that that was interesting. I never knew that. So you look through a catalog, like you look through an app and you find your partners. That's kind of cool. Um, and then uh, she's home. We see Colt and Vanessa and they're having their little backstory about how, you know, they're all living together. Vanessa's really having some issues about privacy uh, because, you know, Colt is a little bit of a sexual addict, likes to have, remember you guys when Colt's like, he wants to have sex six, seven times a day. And I was like, how is that realistic? Like, do you work? <laughs> Anyhow, uh, they stopped having sex because Debbie almost caught them. And it's hard being newlyweds when the mom's there and he wants to have sex all across the house. But like, it's hard when, you know, his mom is right there. Um, and then they talked about how Debbie, who brought that guy over, Colt says gentleman caller. Um, they had to leave the house so that Debbie could have some privacy. So Vanessa's put in Colt's head that, you know, we need to move. We need to move and we need to have our own space and our own privacy. So then Debbie comes into the, the kitchen and Colt put on his big boy pants and said, you know, we're thinking about separating from you, Debbie. And not only are we thinking about it, Debbie's like, well, what, are, am I going to move out? Or are you going to move out? Because, you know, I'm, I've been looking at apartments, but I, you know, I haven't really found anything yet. And, you know, I can't really afford to just leave. And then Colt springs on her, oh, well, we're moving out in three months because the lease is almost up. And so we're going to move. Debbie got so upset. She said, oh, I don't feel good. And she left. And as she was leaving, she called him a fucking rotten bastard. And how dare he just spring this on me? And she started panicking. She's like, where am I going to live? Where, where am I going to have my cats? Like, it was real. And I think it was more real when you go back to what she said earlier. It's that breakup for her, right? She's been with Colt all these years, 36 years, the two of them. And now this is like a real breakup because she's going to have to live on her own. So I don't necessarily think she was freaking out about moving in three months because it's Vegas, you guys. Vegas is very affordable to live. So Debbie will be able to find, like, it won't, maybe it won't be a house, but she'll be able to find an apartment easily. So I don't think it was about that. I think it was literally about like, oh, we're cutting the cord and he's going to be not in my immediate space. And she has 
lived her life for her son. So I felt a little sad for her a little bit. Um, and so she's super upset, but Vanessa wants privacy and Debbie's really now getting in her feelings because not only is she upset about them springing the three months on her, but now she's thinking back of how they were sneaky about how they got married and now they're moving out and she feels like it's shitty for them to just dump her in the street and she feels like Cold is cutting her out of his life. And again, it's really just about her panicking that the strings are being cut and that she's literally going to have to continue to reinvent herself as Debbie 2.0 without Colt. And for her, that's going to be scary at 69 years old that, that like she said, it felt like she was in a relationship and he was the man in her life. And now Vanessa's here and he's no longer the man in her life. And guess what? He's actually listening to the things that Vanessa wants to do versus Debbie having that tight grip and him doing everything that Debbie says. So I feel for her. I feel for her and I feel for him, but it's healthy. He's 36 years old. At some point, you got to cut the cord. Crew says, yeah, that was sad. Colt gave her three months notice. She was sad. She was. I think she was more scared. I think she was just scared that she's going to be alone. You're not going to be alone, Mother Debbie. Don't worry. Colt will not abandon you. Um, and then last and certainly not least is Stephanie. I just want to tell you that Stephanie is an amazing entrepreneur. And for a 30-year-old, she's doing all the right things. So Stephanie... Um, you know, she bought last year, she bought a place in New York. So she's living in like most of her time in New York. She does have her place in Connecticut still. Um, she tends to go like back and forth, whatever. So she, her scene opens with a baking scene. So apparently baking shows are like her porn. That what gets her off. She thinks desserts are sexy and indulgent, creamy. Um, and, you know, she was, her segment was really on brand for her. So a lot of people were saying like, oh, she's like so crass and she's doing this. It's really on brand with, with who she is as a sexy uh, online adult creator, right? So I think that she was on brand with, with what she presents. So I wasn't mad at her at all. Um, and she even talks about it. So online, she's curated as sexy and confident, but in real life, she's just like, you know, this sloppy potato. Uh, she's been single for a year and a half. Um, and you know, she's now ready to start dating. So she met this guy, Dave on an app. She said that he's her type. So her type is broody or excuse me, brooding, moody, mysterious. Uh, but she lets it all out. Wonder if wet sock is going to show up. I think he is absolutely going to be on this season. I think he's absolutely, which is so interesting to me as like a, reporter and him being like this big YouTube person. And then all of a sudden also being on the show, which is interesting that I say that because her friend Sanders. So from Stephanie's segment, her friend Sanders is actually, uh, he used to work for after buzz like me, but for the New York uh, side of things. And so he is like a host. So I, I don't know him directly, but I know of him uh, from after buzz days. So I just think it's all very interesting. Is this in my eye? Nope. Um, 
Well, Christina, this okay. She does have her own platform, and I'm I'm so impressed as a female entrepreneur that she has her only her own platform called Unfiltered. She's not stealing OnlyFans creators though, because OnlyFans went through a time earlier this year where they were going to kick all their adult content creators off and a lot of other people that do adult content created their own platform including stephanie and so she drew a lot of only fans creator to her site because there wasn't going to be an outlet for them so i don't think she's stealing anything i think that she is an entrepreneur who is capitalizing on a need and i am not mad at her at that because I think that if you guys really followed her, she does a lot of stuff that is like about making money. So she's in the adult content space, yes, but she's in the cryptocurrency space. She teaches it to women, uh, Bitcoin, the whole thing. Like she teaches so that not only is she making money, but she's helping you make money. And I think that that's a beautiful thing to do. And women should support women. And I'm all about women entrepreneurs making their money. She's only 30 years old she's successful you know she owns property she sells property like she's doing a lot of things at 30 years old and she's a hustler and on the grind and i cannot be mad at that so that's all i'm saying anyhow she goes on this date Yeah, see, Cruz, it was completely messed up of OnlyFans to try to kick them off and they realized how much money they were going to be losing because those adult content creators put OnlyFans on the map and everyone knows what OnlyFans is because of those adult content creators. So I agree with you 100%. Okay, back to Stephanie. Um, <laughs> so Stephanie goes on this date with Dave. And you can tell right away that she's not feeling him, but she's like being cordial and she's going through the motions of, of going on a date, but she does tell him that he, she's bisexual. Um, and then it's like, and you, and he's like, Oh, well, no, I'm pretty straight. And she then goes on to say that she feels more comfortable around women. Um, because men don't read between the lines. She does this whole butthole comment. And if you watch the thing, I don't have to go all the way into it, but she does that whole thing. And so I thought that was actually kind of funny. Um, and then they talk about her last relationship with Erica, which was the, her worst dating experience of her life, um, but her also her first female relationship. Um, they were never intimate. Uh, and they broke up, if you guys remember, they broke up like on that trip. So they didn't last very long either. And she's been celibate for the last two and a half years. She wanted to wait for the right person, she said. And then she talked about, you know, her aplastic anema, anemia, aplastic anemia, um, which is basically some bone marrow, bone marrow failure. She's 100% in remission now. So congratulations to Stephanie for that. Um, but it had a lot of um, effects on her body. And one of those effects, she said, was um, not feel, not having the estrogen to feel like she wanted to be intimate with anyone. She just didn't have it in her, but now it's all coming back. So she's feeling like this is going to be the summer of sex. Um, <laughs> that was funny. So she had that date with Dave. She wasn't really feeling him. So she has another date with her hairdresser. Uh, she meets up with Heather and Sanders to say, Hey, listen, you know, 
our hairdresser, you know, she came over and we made some content for my website. And then we took a bath together. She kind of freaked out a little bit. So it didn't go beyond that. But she really felt like there was some chemistry. So she's going to, she asked her out on a date. Um, oh, see, Cruz, you're the best. I'm going to sleep early. We'll catch the replay. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for the super chat. See, Cruz, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for supporting the show. Um, and before you go, just know that Friday, what I told you guys about last Friday is happening this Friday, and I cannot wait. So I'll see you guys. On, I'll see you, see Cruz, on Friday. Um, so then we find out this episode that's so one of the things that's interesting about Stephanie, at least to me, is that so she is working through some of her um, sex issues and intimacy issues. And one of the ways she's doing that is she has a sex coach or a sexual wellness guide, whatever you want to call her. Um, and she deals with sexual dysfunction. And so she's helping Stephanie through her personal issues about just like panicking whenever she gets or is about to get physical with someone. Um, she always has a wall up. She's never fully liked sex or enjoyed it. And she's never fully enjoyed any of those like intimate experiences. So she's now trying to um, deal with those things so she can have a ha happy and healthy relationship. Uh, her sex coach tells her that she should be doing some of these Kegel exercises uh, to intensify orgasms, as well as she wants her homework is to make self-love videos in order for her to see like what she likes so that she can bring that into her next relationship. Uh, I didn't like the way she handled the tell-all, but I warmed to her recently, liked her interview with Linda. Yeah, I mean, she's, she, listen, you guys, she's a really smart girl. And I think that I know that a lot of times people didn't like Stephanie, especially how she portrayed herself in the season that we saw her. And I think she realized that too. And she's, I feel that she's done the work and she's changed herself. And, you know, she is young still. So she's working and developing and sharing her journey. And she's quite lovely and she's quite smart. And I even told her when I interviewed her that I, I want to grow up and be like her, even though I'm a little bit older than her. Because she's got this entrepreneurship, you guys, down packed, down packed. And it's impressive. And from a female perspective, I'm all about it. So I think we should all, not me, because I've already given it. Like, you guys should op be open-minded and give her another chance, because you would actually be really surprised. And yeah, she talks, like, very straight up about sex. And it, that makes some people feel uncomfortable. But if you think about what her brand is, it's on brand. And I think that that's important to remember because um, it's like it's like the P. Diddy's out there or uh, like, why can't I think of his name right now? Um, DJ Khaled. You know they're brand because they're on brand. 50 Cent, you know they're brand because they like literally shove it down your throat. And that's important to do if you're trying to build like a, a, a huge conglomerate of whatever it is that it is. Dasha says, but did she ever apologize to Erica? I don't know if she actually apologized to Erica for what specifically, Dasha? 
Right. Christina says, Connecticut house, New York City flat, crypto, her own platform, money in the bank, TV shows, money from YouTube. It goes on and on and on and on. Like, yeah, those are goals. I'm not mad at her at all. Like three cars. She ain't playing with her, her coin. That was the episode. Okay, so my overall thoughts, you guys, my overall thoughts are this. I thought that I was not going to like this season of The Single Life. And you guys, we haven't even met all the singles yet. Sinjin's still going to be on. Tanya's still going to be on. Um, So I thought I wasn't going to like it, but I think they're laying the foundation. And here's what I think is going to be, here's what I think is going to happen. I'm going to give you guys a quick rundown. So... Stephanie's going to date a bunch of girls and guys. And so they're going to make that like what her thing is. And ultimately she is going, I think this wet sock guy is going to be on the season and we're going to see that whole thing play out. And when she went to um, Europe, I think we're going to see that play out with him there and and that whole thing. So I think that's what's going to be her storyline. Debbie's, I'm not quite sure about. I think Debbie is going to want to date, but then she's going to be freaking out about having to start her new life on her own. So I think it's going to be more about Debbie finding her independence and finding her own place and all of that. And maybe there'll be a few dates here and there, but it's also going to be her separation from Colt. I think that's what we're going to see a lot more of. Uh, Jennifer and Jesse, despite everyone hating them and everyone thinking they're narcissists, I think they're a good match. I think that they both, are a good match. They're both about the exterior stuff and how they look and fitness and all the thing and the travel and this and the pretty and the this and the, the telenovelas, all the things. And so you may not like them, like their personalities. I don't mind them. I just, I don't, I think they're entertaining. Um, and I think they're on brand with their brands as well. But if you put them together, then they're similar, right? They, they match because the things that are important to one of them is also, yes, they're like mirrors. They're identical. So that is probably going to work out for them. So we're going to just see for these two, they're going to travel. We're going to see them traveling. We're going to see them totally like beautiful people vibes where you're just going to see them like half naked, waterfalls and beachfronts and luxury hotels. And that's what we're going to see with those two. Natalie is my wild card. I have no idea what's going to happen with Natalie this season. I really, really don't. I really don't. However, I will say something to you guys that is totally off the wall. Okay. It's totally off the wall. It's not my theory because my theory is always right. I'm just going to go off the wall with this. I thought it was interesting that she made a point to say that her and Mike were not married or not divorced and they weren't going to get divorced. I thought it was very interesting that she brought that up on the very first episode. So I'm just going to throw this because she's the wild card. So this is going to be my wild card. My wild card is she's going to start dating a bunch of randoms in Florida and realize the grass is not greener on the other side. And I think that she's going to want to take Mike back. And I think that Mike might appear towards the end of this season. That's my wild card. I'm just throwing it out there. 
I'm just not my theory. I'm just throwing it out there. That's that's my wild card of the season. And then we already know how Ed Ed ends up. Ed dates, dates, dates. He goes back to Liz, and we're gonna see their engagement play out on this season. And th those are my summer, you know, facts. And some of them are theory, and some one of them is just a wild thing that I just made up. But wouldn't it be funny if it was true? Anyways, guys, thank you so much for being here. Love you all. Don't forget to hit that thumbs up button for me, will ya? Uh, thank you for the super chat seat cruise. Appreciate you supporting the show. And tomorrow, you guys, for all of my love of the lockup people, I know I'm like three weeks behind. I'm going to do like a jam session tomorrow and I'm going to put it all together and catch up. And so I'll be covering love after lockup, everything that I've missed. Um, I probably won't go into detail of the older episodes, but we'll go into detail to the new episode so that we'll be all caught up for Friday. Glad you caught the live too, Christina. Lovely to have you. Good night, Rodella. Good night, Dasha. Uh, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye for now.